بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى طيبين اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد اللهم أخرني من ظلمات الرحمة أخرني من نور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وارشو علينا قزوانا برحمتك يا رحمة different views about the foundation of morality, what makes an action good or right, and what makes an action bad or wrong. Uh, I already talked about different theories, and then we were just start explaining Islamic position. Just as a reminder, uh, we said that there are three major theories. One is teleological theory, which tries to justify goodness of an action based on its outcomes, its consequences. According to them, an action is good if it leads to good outcomes. And I explained that the first good is different from the second good. The first good is moral goodness, something which is morally good. The second is something which is understandable to be good outside the realm of morality, so objectively depending on what is your ideal. For example, if you believe that the idea of the ultimate end is welfare, is prosperity, is happiness, is self-realization, is, I don't know, tranquility, is nearness to Allah, whatever it is. So an action is morally good if it leads to an outcome which is producing those type of things. The other view is deontological view, which believes that an action is good if it is done out of your commitment, your devotion to your duty. So you have a moral responsibility, you have a moral obligation, and you do it for fulfilling your requirement. So you don't, mat you don't uh, bother, it doesn't matter to you whether this is now leading to a good result or not. For example, we said that according to Kant, you should tell the truth. No matter whether you are going to benefit from this or you are going to lose, you have to tell the truth regardless of the outcome. And the third view was virtue ethics, which puts some greater emphasis on virtues and not actions. So the virtues, the qualities of the soul which are good, are the main thing and any action which is done out of having that virtue or in order to have that virtue, 
that action is good. So sometimes you do something out of generosity, it means that you are already a generous person and out of generosity you do something, or sometimes you are not a generous person but you do an action in order to become a generous person. So what is important is generosity as a quality. So you, the focus, the shift is towards the quality and the virtue and not immediately, primarily to the action. Then we said that different also people within each you know, camp may have different views. So there are sub-theories. For example, those who believe that the outcome is the most important thing, those who have teleological view, then they differ themselves. Because, first of all, they don't agree on what is the ultimate end. Those who believe in the teleological view, they differ on what is the last thing that we want to achieve. What is our idea? What is our ultimate end? Secondly, they differ on who should be the main beneficiary. When you say an action is good when it leads to good results, the question is good for whom? Good results for the agent or good result for others or good result for everyone, including the agent. We said there are three views. Okay? This is all about teleological view. So those who believe in the teleological view, some of them are egoists. They say an action is good when it produces good results for the agent. Ego means for me, for myself. Egoist. This egoism is not necessarily a bad position. We will discuss about this. It is different from ego when it is used in a bad sense. So, an action is good when it leads to a good result for the agent. This is egoism. Okay? The second is, an action is good when it leads to good results for others. It means that you should ignore yourself. You should be concerned with interests of other people. This is altruism. Altru. Altruism. A-L-T-R-U-I-S-M. The third view is an action is good when it leads to good results for everyone. All human beings. This is called universalism. So it doesn't require to reject or ignore yourself, but it also doesn't require to only be concerned about yourself. You should be concerned with all human beings. And when it's not helping all human beings, 
then it's a matter of the greater number. Because normally our actions are not something that affects all humanity. So you have to find out which action is useful for larger number of people. If more people can benefit, then that's better. And then here, you yourself can be considered as one individual, but you cannot consider yourself too important, you know, to be too much important. So according to universalists, you can be concerned about yourself, but as one person. Okay? So if you can do something which is only good for you, but bad for many people, you cannot do it. But if you can do something which is good for you and other people, and the you know, overall result is good for more, for greater number of people than not doing, do it. But if you are either alone or you are in a small group of people, and by what you do, more people are losing and being harmed, you cannot do it. You cannot say, I count as 100 people. I count as, you know, 1,000 people. No, you can't just as one person. Okay? So we don't say ignore yourself, but we say, you know, just treat yourself as you treat other people. You should treat equal. So this is universalism. And of course, universalists were themselves divided and as I said, one very common view in the 20th century was utilitarianism, which was developed by people like Jeremy Bentham, who had the idea that an action is good when it leads to greater pleasure for the greatest number of people. Greater pleasure for greater number of people, or less pain for less number of people. This is very common in the West. Anyway. After talking about all these, now we want to see what is the Islamic understanding. So briefly, I make a few points, and inshallah, I hope that today we can finish this discussion. Firstly, we have to know that in Islamic theory of ethics, both Actions and qualities are important. Both qualities and actions. You remember we mentioned this right at the beginning when we were, we were talking about the definition of akhlaq and the subject matter of akhlaq. We said that we both we study both actions and qualities. Because you remember we said some people only focus on the actions. Some people maybe only focus on qualities of the soul. But for us, both are important. And we said, akhlaq is the science which studies good actions and bad actions in order to help us do good actions and avoid bad actions, and also good qualities and bad qualities in order to acquire good qualities and remove bad qualities. So this is the definition we gave. So for us, Islamically, generosity, for example, as an as a virtue is important, and also generous actions are important. Both. 
Man ya'mal mithqala dharratan khayran yara. So it means that even very small action is important. Okay? But, of course, the qualities are very important. Actually, normally, generally, qualities are much more important than single actions. I'm saying normally, because there are exceptions. But in most of the cases, qualities are more important. Why? Because if you have a good quality, that quality forms your reality more than a single action can do. You know, imagine if there is a person who is, for example, greedy. So greediness is his quality. So his personality is shaped and formed by greediness. This person is in a worse situation, much worse than a person who does one greedy action. Once he acted out of greediness, but he doesn't have this as a permanent quality. Or on the positive side, there is a person who is generous. There is a person who just once or twice does generous actions. For example, there is a person who is not generous, but once he gives lots of sadaqah. Once he invites many people. Okay? But this is only one half or, you know, twice. This is not permanent. This is not his quality. Which one is more important? The quality. Yeah? If a person is kind in nature or a person just sometimes does kind things, this is not the same. So, Islamically, both actions and qualities are important, but relatively, in most of the cases, qualities are more important. Because qualities define what type of person you are, more than actions. Yes, if an action is repeated again and again and again, then it means that it has become now a quality. Okay? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran refers to both actions and qualities. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim Ya ayyuhal ladina amanu rka'u basjudu wa'amudu rabbakum وَفْعَلُوا الْخَيْرَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلَحُونَ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا رَكَعُوا Do ruku. Ruku is an action. وَسْجُدُوا is an action. وَعْبُدُوا رَبَّكُمْ Worship your Lord. وَفْعَلُوا الْخَيْرَ Do good things. لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلَحُونَ So this means that for our falah, 
for our happiness, we need good actions. So actions are important. Do good actions. Okay? We need to do good actions. There is no doubt about it. And about the qualities, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for example, says, this is the day that honesty, truthfulness benefit those who are honest and truthful. Sadr is a quality to be honest, to be truthful. So it means that qualities are also important. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for example, says, Be pious and be with the people who are honest, who are truthful. Not only with the people who tell the truth. Telling the truth is action. But we need to become honest, sincere, and truthful in our soul, not just in our tongue. So there are people who maybe they tell the truth, but they are not sincere. For example, maybe he tells the truth right now, but sometimes when he finds that it doesn't suit him, he doesn't tell the truth. Or he tells the truth because he's afraid. Or maybe he tells the truth, but he doesn't accept in his own heart. This ayah in Surah Munafiqun is very beautiful. There are people who tell the truth, but they are not truthful. When the hypocrites come to you, they say, by Allah, we bear witness that you are messenger of God. Allah says, yes, you are messenger of God. But at the same time, these are kazibun. These are not honest people. These are dishonest. What they say is correct. But still they are liars. Why? Because they say something that they don't believe. So sometimes a person can be dishonest and say something which is right. And also we have opposite. Sometimes a person may be honest, but is morally required not to tell the truth. For example, there is an honest person and he is asked by a tyrant ruler, where is that innocent person, for example, hiding? They want to kill him and he's innocent. So here, you should not tell the truth. Although you are a truthful person, but you don't tell the truth. And if 
they put pressure that you must say something, you try to be silent, but even if they say you must say something, then you may say something wrong. Either you do toria, toria, you know toria? Toria means you say something and you mean by it something which is different from what they understand. Like for example, someone asked Imam Ali about a person and Imam Ali went one step away and said, since I am here I haven't seen him. And he meant by here that particular point. They thought he means by here this area. Okay? So this is not case. This is called toria. Toria means you mean something different from what another person, other parties understanding. But sometimes also it can be so radical that you may need to tell lie in order to save an innocent life okay this is possible but what is important is that you do this only when it is really really needed and you do it this is a very important point i I cannot explain this now, maybe inshallah later I explain. Here you may need to save someone's life by telling a lie, but still you have to be a truthful person. It means that you hate telling lie, but you have no choice. It's not that you enjoy telling lie. Or even you don't have any bad feeling. No, it's like, for example, if someone is dying and the only way to save his life is to eat a food which is najas or haram. Someone is in a desert, there is no halal food, the only way to save his life is to eat or drink something which is haram. Okay, Quran says it is possible. In Ezterar, Amanesporra, the one who is in a situation, in emergency, and there is no other choice, he can eat haram. Okay? If there is no choice, other choice to save your life. But how much you eat? Just a little to survive. You cannot say, okay, now. It is halal, so I make barbecue, you know, and I eat, you know. No. Just a little bit. Okay? And also, when you are eating, you are not enjoying. You don't say, Alhamdulillah, now I can, you know, enjoy pig, eating pig. Because uh, there is only pig and I am to save my life. Even if there is nothing else to save your life and you are eating haram, you keep it to the minimum and also you don't enjoy. Yeah? You don't enjoy. The same is with a person who is forced to tell a lie 
to save someone whose life who is innocent. You keep it to the minimum. First, you try to be silent. If not, you try to do toria. If not, then you tell the lie, but make it minimum, and you don't enjoy it. You feel terrible. Why I am put in this situation that I should say something that is not true? This is mu'min. So mu'min never enjoys doing haram, even if there is a situation that Allah says you are forgiven. Okay? So, inshallah we will talk about this another time in more details. So what is important is that in Islam, both actions and qualities are important. Islamic ethical view is very comprehensive. It takes into account actions and qualities. But qualities are given more priority, more significance. Qualities are very important. The late Mullah Saleh Mazandarani, I once mentioned his name, he's the son-in-law of Allama Majlisi, and he has commentary on Usul al-Kafi. In the volume 8, page 278, he says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said ma yuza'u fi mizan imra'in yawm al-qiyamah afdalu min husn al-khulq this is a hadith from the prophet so he comments on this hadith what is the meaning of hadith in the scale of a servant of allah of a person Nothing is put on the Day of Judgment which is heavier than Hustun Hulk, good-naturedness, good akhlaq. So Hustun Hulk is very important. I hope, inshallah, once we get a chance to mention some of the hadith about Hustun Hulk, which are very important. Hustun Hulk. You are not you know, a person who is bad-tempered, who is angry, who is aggressive, who annoys people. You know, there are people who unfortunately are not careful in their speech or they are not careful even in their looking. There are people that by looking at you, you are hurt. They look at you and as if they put knife into your body. There are people whose silence is, you know, hurting. There are people who speak and it hurts. There are people that when they walk, they walk in the way that they annoy people. Yeah? There are people that in different ways by gesture. So, husnul khulq means to be soft, to be kind, to be nice in the speech, in looking at people, in, you know, walking. No one is hurt. Okay? This is Khosnul Khulq. It's very important. Shall we talk about it once? So Rasulullah said, on the day of judgment, nothing is put in your scale 
by which they weigh your deed heavier than Husnul Khul. You know that the scale which is used on the Day of Judgment is made in the way that only good things have weight. It's not like uh, dunya. In dunya, whether you put uh, gold or you put rubbish, it has weight. The scale goes down. Yeah, you can put 1,000 kilogram gold. You can put 1,000 kilogram dirt. It goes down. But that scale is made in the way that only good things have weight. There are people that they have no weight. So, okay? It's very beautiful. So the sins have no weight. And this is why it's loss. It means that you don't have anything. You haven't earned anything. Only good things have weight. Okay? It's like a person who has made money and a person who is in debt. When we, na'uzu billah, if we commit sins, it means that we are in debt. Okay? So, it's minus. Good actions have weight. But among good actions and good quality, Allah says, husnul khuluq is very important. And husnul khuluq is a quality. It's not an action. It's a quality. That brings about lots of actions. Okay, now let us see what Mullah Saleh Mazandarani comments. He says, Dalla ala anna thawab bal aqab yata'allaqan bihi shama yata'allaqan bil a'mal al-zahira. He says, This hadith shows. That in the same way that reward and punishment belong to apparent actions, physical actions, they also belong to Husnul Khulq. Allah rewards us for actions, Allah also rewards us for Husnul Khulq. Okay? Although Husnul Khulq is not an action, it's a quality. Then he says, Bal, Bal, inshallah in uh, Nahv you learn, Bal here is, they call it Taraqi, means you go higher. First you make a claim and then you go higher. So first we say, reward and punishment belong to the quality like Hosnul like action, then you say Bal, means we want to go even higher. Bal. Reward and punishment for quality is more than reward and punishment for actions. Because Rasulullah said, nothing is heavier than that. It means that not only it has significance, it has more significance. Okay? It's very important. If you 
uh, a study for the Hadith by Imam Khomeini, he has a discussion and he says that there are three types of suffering in hell. In Jahannam, in hell, there are three types of pain or suffering. There are people who suffer because they have bad actions. There are people who suffer because they had bad qualities. And there are who suffer because they had bad aqaid, bad aqidah. Then he says the suffering of those who had bad aqidah is more than those who have bad qualities. And those who have bad qualities, they suffer more than those who have bad actions. Because we human beings are formed first by our aqidah, then by our qualities, and finally by our actions. So actions are on the surface. Qualities are inside, and aqidah is even deeper. It doesn't mean actions are not important. Actions are very important, even misqala dharratin khayran, Yarah. But qualities are very important. And this is why we should not only be following fiqh. Fiqh is very important. Very, very important. But the aim in fiqh is to correct our actions. You should not be satisfied with this. You should be also going further and try to correct your akhlaq, your qualities. Let me give you an example. If there is a person who is starving, he's dying, and I have to give him food, okay? Giving food as an action here is necessary, is obligatory. Islamically, I have to give food to this person. No matter whether he's Muslim or not Muslim, I have to give food. Okay? If I don't give food, I have committed a great sin. But, I can give him some bread, piece of bread, which is dried and, you know, for, you know, one month ago, and still he will survive. I can give him some fresh food. I can give him my own food, my own curry, for example, and then have bread for myself. There are different ways. From action point of view, it's enough just to save him by giving something to him. But Islam says you should see in your heart what do you like for yourself more. Give it to that person. 
حتى تنفقوا مما تحبون. Does fiqh require this? No. Because fiqh is something for everyone. We cannot expect everyone to do like this. Okay? We cannot make this wajib because there are many people who don't do this. But fiqh says, give him something to survive. And akhlaq says, try to get rid of your ego and selfishness. Try to love people. And when you love people, you want to give them the best. Okay? Unfortunately, some people restrict Islam only to legal aspect. If you want to understand the beauty of Islam, you have to take into account all aspects of Islam. Some people, for example, they ask, what are the rights of wife over husband and husband over wife? Okay? Okay, in fact, we have certain rights. But if you want to understand Islamic family, you cannot just look at these legal rights. No one has legal right to be, for example, died for. My wife, my husband, has no legal right that I should die for him or her. I should give him you know, whatever I have. But Islam says, If rahma requires, I give my kidney to my wife or husband. Yes. Legally, I don't have this responsibility. But Islamic family is not run only by legal instruction yeah there is such a unity that you give your kidney to your husband or wife you give your life to them to if your wife or husband is in danger you go and maybe in the process of saving him or her you are killed you don't bother it's one reality so fear is very important but most of all tries to fix our actions. But then we have akhlaq that in addition to actions wants to fix our qualities, our heart. Those who have bad actions, they suffer. Those who have bad qualities, they suffer more. And then those who have bad aqidah, of course, they suffer most. So, he says that the reward and punishment for the quality like Hosnafol is more than uh, actions. So let's go back to our discussion. We said actions are important, qualities are important, but generally speaking, Qualities are more important. I am saying generally speaking because I am aware that there might be exceptions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we are in a situation that one single action is so important that can change my life. Or can even change the life of a whole nation. 
or can change even history. So don't say actions are not always very important. No, actions are very important, but sometimes they become even more important. For example, let me give an example. If someone is brave in his heart, so has the quality of bravery, shajar. Okay, so this quality is there. And someone is doing brave action just once. For example, once a person was going to attack a child, he defended that child. He was a very fearful person, but once, we don't know why, he had the courage to do this. Okay, this is brave action in contrast to that person who has bravery as a quality is nothing. Okay? But sometimes a situation arises that a person who is brave fails. And a person who is not brave does the action. This can sometimes change the balance in the favor of this person who has done one single action. For example, a person is going to kill Imam and this person who is always brave doesn't do anything. But that fearful person defends Imam. Just once he does something right. But he changes his life by this one single action. Amir al-Mu'min was a very brave person. Whether he made that strike on the day of Khanda or not, was not making him a better person or not. But that one strike was so important that Rasulullah said, "Zarbatu aliyan yawm al-khandaq afzal min ibadat al-thaqadain. That one strike. Although I can swear that Ali didn't become more brave at that time or, you know, he became a better... No, but he knew what to do in that particular moment and he did it. So... Sometimes one action is so critical, so fundamental, can bring lots of goodness or bring lots of damage. We have to be very careful. Don't be uh, satisfied with your good qualities because sometimes you have all good qualities, then you fail in one particular moment. And also don't be too much disappointed with bad qualities. Maybe Allah gives you one opportunity to do something and then gain lots of Reward and credit. Yeah, maybe I'm a very bad person, very fearful person, you know, very, I don't know, selfish person. But there is an opportunity that I can do lots of good. So, there are occasions that actions can be very, very uh, important. So the result so far is that one aspect, one element in Islamic theory of ethics is that actions are important, qualities are important. In most of the cases, generally speaking, qualities are more important, but there are situations, circumstances in which one action 
can be very, very important more than a quality that you have it permanently. If that quality doesn't lead to that action, it doesn't work like that action. Or on the negative side, one negative action can overweight a good quality that you have had for all your life. Okay? So we have to be very careful. Sometimes one word can save a person's life. Sometimes one word can damage a person's life. It is said that, as an example, another example, and we should always pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us in these circumstances. Once a person who was very pious and was working very close to one of the ulama in Najaf went in the dream of someone. Someone had a dream of him. And asked him, you know, he was asked about his situation. He said, my situation is very bad. Why? You are very pious. You were very, you know, close to you know, that alim and he loved you and, you know, that was because of your piety. He said, there was a girl that she was so good that I wanted her to become my daughter-in-law. So I wanted my son to marry her. Then some people came to me to inquire about that girl. They wanted to marry her to their son. I said, this man is very close to Ayatollah, you know, very reliable, very pious. So my opinion was very important for them. Because I didn't want her to marry their son, I didn't give good, you know, recommendation. I spoke in the way that I pushed them away. So they went. Then my son didn't agree to marry her. I kept insisting on my son and he didn't marry her. So this girl remained unmarried and I am responsible. I didn't give the right opinion with a good intention. Intention was to have her for my son. And now I am suffering. You know, it's very a small issue in the first place. He has not killed anyone. He hasn't told any lies. He didn't want to harm anyone. He had good intention. But this is not a small. This changed the life of that girl. Now people think that she was a bad person, for example, you know, and, you know, even sometimes if you ask a respected person, a pious person about someone, he doesn't need to say many bad words. Even if he doesn't say anything, they say, oh, there must be so many bad things that he doesn't want to mention. Yeah? If you ask someone, you know, how do you recommend this person? And he says, you know, I don't recommend. That's enough. If he knows that person and he says, I don't recommend, that's enough. 
So, one word can change the life of a person. We have to be very careful. And there are lots of stories like this. Sometimes one action can change the life of a person. One of ulama told me that uh, a person who was, you know, a young, you know, alim told me, he said, that he told him, do you know why I have become alim? I said, no. He said, when I was a child, with my father, we came to see you in your room in madrasa. And you showed respect and love to me as a child. And I was influenced by that, that an alim cares about a child. And since then, I decided to become an alim. Something very simple. You never think that, you know, your smile, your love, you know, to some child can change his future. And if he was, you know, showing no respect to that child, or, you know, saying that you stay outside, I am speaking to your father, you know, you stay outside, then that child for sure would hate ulama and would never become, you know, so little things in my or your side can be great things in reality. We have to be very careful. We have to be very sensitive. Every little thing, every little word, little action can be very important in some situations, can change the life of a person or even a nation. Inshallah, we will continue this discussion to see other aspects of Islamic theory of ethics. Wa akhir da'wana and alhamdulillah rabbil Allah.